Welcome to another inspiring message from Milestone Church in Keller, Texas. I want to welcome you to this new series that we're starting over the next few weeks. We're going to talk about how to move mountains, moving mountains. You may have heard of some of those concepts in the scriptures. You may have heard of someone who's a follower of Jesus use that terminology, or you may have never heard about it before, but no matter where we're at, it's something that can affect our everyday, our personal lives moving mountains, getting a breakthrough in the things that are holding us back. And uh, I just want to celebrate one more time these baptisms. How many of you guys just enjoy that? I, I, uh, I come to church making the choice to worship God. Um, I don't wait for a feeling, but I will tell you, I get the feeling every time I watch someone baptized because that's not normal. That's not regular when you see a 55-year-old man say, I'm getting out of the crowd and I'm going to follow Jesus. That's, that's amazing. That's a, that's a miracle. That's like the lame walking. And uh, I, want, I want you to know here at Milestone, that'll always be the target for us. And I want to thank all of you that are praying for people, that are inviting people. Uh, last weekend's message by Pastor Steve Chestnut talking to us about the importance of sharing with others this great gift we have in Jesus. And, uh, and so it's so amazing to see people taking those steps uh, together. But we're going to talk about moving mountains and I have a suspicion that you have something in your life that you need removed so that you can get to where God's called you to go. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the New Testament, Matthew chapter 17. I'm going to look at just a few verses there. A few radical verses, Matthew 17, we're going to start in verse 19 is where we're going to go. There's something about our nature, though, that we like things to get bigger. We like things, we like the word more, we like bigger. And I was just thinking this week about every time I go to our Discovery 101, I meet so many awesome people. And somewhere in it, for the last few years, I've just said, how many of you are not from Texas? And so there's many, I mean, usually like 60% of the room say, I'm not from Texas. So I thought I might give you a little culture, you know, welcome to the promised land, but there are some odd things about our culture. There are some weird things about our culture here in Texas because we like bigger. We have bigger hair. Some do, some have no hair, but those who have hair like it bigger. We, we like bigger vehicles. We've got bigger space. Give me some room, you know, Texans like a little room. And we like bigger stakes. I was a few years ago in Amarillo, Texas, and I'd always seen this advertisement. How many of y'all seen it while you're taking your kids skiing? You know, 72 ounces. I wanted to witness it. There was a guy there. He was actually trying to eat it. I was eating. I was watching him. I'm cheering him on because I'm a coach who loves people to win. And I'm like, get it, brother. Get it, brother. You know, they're streaming it. You know, this is a lot of meat. And you have to eat all the sides and all of that. And, and I thought, he has it. He's conquering it. I just had to go talk to him because he failed. I was like, brother, you let us down. I mean, what happened? 
He said, my jaw got tired. He said, I had room in my stomach. I couldn't chew anymore. <laughs> and so that's an it's a interesting thing. You know, you look at things getting bigger. Here's another one that I've noticed recently. For those of you who have watched this progression, gas stations are getting bigger. Remember when it was just a little place on the side of the road? You know, just a little place to get gas, maybe a pack of gum or a Coke. Now, this is a, a gas station, Bucky's. I went to it with my kid. This, you can get beef jerky to a birdhouse. Y'all know what I'm saying? You can get, you can just get, I mean, it's just massive. You get clothes, dishes, all kinds of meat, you know, I mean, it is just, things are just, they're just getting bigger. You know, the drinks in there are getting bigger. I mean, it's just like, you know, you go get you a big drink, a big gulp, a bigger gulp, everything along the way is getting bigger. And here's one that's very unique, okay? It's, it's fall and it's homecoming season, okay? We, we, we love here in Texas some football and, and, and I'm going to tell you, moms... <laughs> Moms are getting bigger. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Some of you have never seen a mom. You're like, we had a corsage. No, here in te- it's moms. It's got streamers. It's got all kinds. And these are just a radical example, okay? There's so much. The stakes are bigger. Again, the gas stations are bigger. And yes, I mean, chiropractors are doing very well right now because of the moms on girls are just getting bigger, okay? So just a little... Texas culture, okay? We like things bigger. We're a big state. We like things big. But here's something that may have happened to some of you as you've moved to Texas. You may have found some of the mountains and challenges in your life have gotten bigger. Here's something we don't want to get bigger, our obstacles. And what does happen as we walk through life, it seems like some of the things we face become larger. The challenges become more complex. They become more difficult. Now, I'm just trying to get you into this thought of this series because I'm very passionate about helping people get past the barriers and challenges in their lives. Learning how to approach it learning how to to look at it and move past it. And so I want us to keep thinking for a second about mountains because it's it's a biblical metaphor. It's used throughout the Bible, okay? It's a biblical metaphor for an immovable, large thing used over and over through Scripture. And we're gonna look at Jesus use the metaphor, okay? I was in the desert of Mexico, south of Arizona, west of Hermosillo, Mexico a few years ago. And this guy there who was from there, who grew up there, we would drive around, we would see to the west these mountains. Now they were unique mountains. I've been to the Rocky Mountains. I've seen the Swiss Alps. I've seen large mountains, but these were interesting. They were kind of brown. They were, they were just more like large hills. And geologists, scientists have defined something over a thousand feet is a mountain. Okay, this was not a real large, I don't know how many thousand feet. I mean, Mount Everest, largest, 29,000 feet. In the solar system, there's a mountain on Mars that's two and a half times that, it's 72,000 feet. This was not one of those kind of large, large, large mountains. It was just a, a significant brown kind of hillside that was, that was large enough, but here was the principle of it, It was large enough to stop me from seeing what was on the other side. 
And this guy kept describing to me, he said, over those mountains is the Baja Peninsula. Over those mountains is like incredible fishing. And he would tell me about the stuff over there. He would tell me what's over there. Now, part of my personality is I kept finding myself going, I want to go over there. I want to know what's over the top of that. I want to go up there and look over because he just kept talking about what's on the other side of those mountains. But my trip there did not allow me the opportunity to get to the other side because there was such a large, immovable thing in my way. Now, again, this series is not about geology. This series is not about Mount Everest. This series is about what large thing is looming so big in your world that you can't get past it. What large thing is there? Maybe it's emotional. Maybe it's an insecurity that keeps you from taking a step with God. Maybe it's a fear of something you've been through in the past. Maybe it's a fear that holds you back. Maybe it's a circumstance that's come your way. Maybe it's a relational issue with a teenager, or maybe you're going through a separation, or it's like, man, my, my marriage right now, it just seems like there's this huge mountain between our relationship. Maybe it's a financial mountain. Here's what I know. We all have them. We all have them. You have one right now. Maybe you have one that's been there for some time, or maybe you have something that's unexpected that has come your way that you did not anticipate, and it's right there standing in your way, and that's all you can see. You don't even know what's on the other side because you're so fixated on this immovable thing called a mountain. You say, is that scriptural, Jeff? Is that really in the Bible? Actually, it is. It's used throughout scripture. If you'll look with me at Matthew 17... It's a, it's a popular Jewish metaphor. It was used in the ancient world. Isaiah 49 talks about that we serve a God who can take the mountains of our life and turn them into roads. So we have a mountain-moving God. That's the God that we serve. He can take the largest mountain and turn it into a road. Jesus here, though, starts talking to us not just about the God who moves mountains, but how a God who moves mountains utilizes our participation in the process. I need you to know something. I understand holistically. Some of you don't holistically know the nature and character of God. I want you to know I'm very, very comfortable and very, very secure in a God who understands it all. I, I don't always know why the mountain. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I try to console people. I try to comfort people. I try to understand my own mountains sometimes. I, I don't always understand why the mountain. I don't understand always how God wants to address the mountain. So I'm very, very comfortable in the fact that as one of the old preachers used to say, he's God and he's God all by himself. He's God. So I trust him. He's good. But I will tell you this, some of you have such a heritage in the fact that God is in control. And if it be thy will, you have dismissed what Jesus is saying to us right here. You have dismissed this part of the message of Jesus. And I'm going to be honest with you, this is a radical passage. It messes with my circuits. Bzz. 
It jacks with me. It messes with me. Nonetheless, it's right here in red letters. Many people I know, they live in a place where they can define mountains. They can trust the fact that God is in control of the mountain. But I I meet so many people today who have never been equipped to address mountains. Look what Jesus says. They've, They've been, the disciples, they've been up a mountain. At least a few of them, his close inner court, been up a mountain, they worshiped, and the problem is when they go up the mountain, they have to come back down. You ever been in a mountaintop experience and then you have to come back down and address real life? Well, then they have to go down the mountain and there's a boy who has a demonic spirit. There's a boy that's oppressed by a demonic spirit and they've been trying to address it and they feel very ill-equipped. You may feel very ill-equipped to address the demonic activity around your home address the demonic activity in your workplace, to address the enemy strategy. You may feel a little ill-equipped. It's okay. The disciples felt that way too. They're struggling a little bit. Verse 19, the disciples came to Jesus privately. I just love that. They came to him in private. Here's something I know. Isn't it great how the Bible relates to us? None of us want to admit we don't know how to address mountains. None of us want to say, you know what, I don't even know what to do with this kid. None of us want to say, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know what to do. So they came to Jesus privately because they're supposed to be the example. They're like, Jesus, we don't know what we're doing. Came to him privately and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? Why couldn't we deal with this mountain? He said, he replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed. Now, again, some of you have grown up in church. You were in Sunday school, and they gave you some little mustard seeds. They're very small, aren't they? Some of you don't even know. You're like, is this an apple seed? Is this a sunflower seed? No, it's like those muffins you get from Costco, and they put those poppy seeds on top of it. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about? They're little bitty. A mustard seed is so, so small. So Jesus is contrasting the smallest thing that they could think of with the largest thing they could think of. If you have faith so small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. You can say to it, move and it will move Look at these next words. Nothing will be impossible for you. So the Bible tells us that God moves mountains. He turns them into roads. Jesus now starts talking to his disciples about how they can participate with a God who moves mountains and be a part of the process of moving mountains. He comes back to it in Matthew 21 when he curses a fig tree and they're mesmerized by it. And he says, oh, no, 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 no. He goes back to the mountain illustration again. It's like, I, I'm a mountain mover. That's what I do. 1 Corinthians 13, the apostle Paul, he continues the metaphor. He continues the picture when he's talking about love being a priority. He talks about if you have faith to move mountains, but you don't have love, then you're missing an important component. It's a principle. It's a picture. So let's talk about what do we do with that? It's in the B-I-B-L-E. 
What do we do with it? How do we get some of it? How do we add that to our lives? And I'm aware of this. As you hear me talking about it, the first thing you're doing is you're going, what mountain am I trying to move right now? And the second thing is many of you are watching me, whether online or here, and you're saying, but, but you're a preacher. You're, you're, you, you, know, you have the Bible. You, you know, you, you, this is easy for you. I know myself, when I first started getting acquainted with my part of it, my participation, and I started saying, hey, I want to participate with God. I want to have an atmosphere of faith around my home, around my life, around the church that I go to. I want this atmosphere of faith that wakes up this kind of, oh, there's mountains. But I want to say to the mountain, I want to address the mountain. I thought what many of you think, well, that's easy for you. You have no mountains. But, but I always want to qualify this. Many of you know me. You've heard some of my stories. You've heard me talk. I try to always be transparent. But I have to tell you, by nature, the confidence you hear me talk about moving mountains with today is not a part of my natural nature. You're like, Jeff, you're just like this driven pastor. You're just, you know, it's this easy for you. No. As a kid, I love to tell stories about me being afraid of the baseball and afraid of this and afraid of that. The, who I was as a kid and still have some today had a creative imagination and an analytical side to me. So I could dream up every fearful possibility and then analyze why everything was going to go wrong. I don't know if you relate, but I, I have this imaginative, so I, I have scenario planning in my head. So as a young kid, I was afraid of a lot. But as I took steps and as I grew and as that mustard seed that was planted in my heart at 12 years old, when I made the decision that these people just made to receive Jesus Christ and him come into my life, and as he began to get bigger and as he began to grow, I began to take steps. My, my dad loaded up the station wagon. I'm from a small town in East Texas. Very great parents, but very ordinary. The story of my life on paper doesn't make sense. I, I didn't have some load of cash to go to the greatest university on the planet, Baylor University, in Jesus' name. But I just began to apply for scholarships, and I got a scholarship, and I just began to step out, and my dad had the cruise control set on 35, backed that station wagon up, dropped me off there and said, figure it out. You know, I just had to start taking steps. I became a pastor at 21 years old. I didn't know what I was doing, but there was, there was a seed growing. There was a seed growing. I'm going to tell you, do not believe that moving mountains is just for special people. It's not just for special people. I'm a very ordinary person who just kept saying, okay, I'm just going to, I don't, I'm scared of that mountain, but I, I'm going to let that mustard seed grow. I'm going to let that faith grow. I'm going to keep speaking to it. I'm going to keep addressing it along the way. Even the building we sit in, many of you can't relate to that, but a step of faith to see where we're at today along with our team, but to see it today, it's, 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 it's the same in all of our lives, but different mountains, different fears, different impossible situations. And I'm going to tell you what will happen is if you'll keep letting it grow in your life, for me today, the greatest joy I have is not just my own mountains, though I have many, but helping other people move their mountains, helping other people see past 
that big hill. You say, Pastor, will you share with me? Again, we're going to look at scripture, but our last few moments together, here's what I want to do. I want to share with you some things I've learned along the way. I want to share with you what I do in my time with the Lord. I'm going to share with you what I teach my kids. I'm going to share with you what I teach people around me because an atmosphere of faith is a game changer. It does not mean there's an absence of problems. Does not mean there's not mountains, but an atmosphere of faith is a game changer. So let's talk about what makes a mountain move. Number one, it starts with one of my favorite words. It starts with your perspective. If you listen, many, so many of you have heard me preach, and this, but if you just took a landscape of messages, uh, there's some things I'm going to hone in on. Two weeks ago, I preached on the main target and preached about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. But one of the things as you get close to Jesus and you see how he related to the disciples and people, he was consistently saying, don't look at it like that. Look at it from this vantage point. You're seeing it from the wrong perspective. The Bible will give you a lens on life that will change your worldview, that will change your perspective, that will change your behavior related to how you see it. So it starts with your perspective. So that mountain that you have in your life right now, how are you approaching it? How are you approaching it? Some people approach it by this, I've done it, I'll knock it down. I'm gonna, let's, let's get a chisel, it, pow, pow, I'm gonna knock it down. Anybody got a bulldozer? Boom, I'm gonna hit it. Here's the sad part of that. You will eventually face mountains you can't knock down in your own strength. You can't move them on your own. Some of you are like, I'm going to move it. I, I don't believe you, preacher. I'm moving it. Keep pushing. Keep banging your head against that thing. And eventually you come to a place going, I got to do something different like the disciples privately. I don't want to tell anyone because I've been hitting that thing for like 20 years. But privately, I don't know how to move it. I don't know how to move it. Some of us try to push on it. Others of us, we get intimidated by it. We have fear. We just think, man, I don't know if I can do that. And so we just retract. We just get a little paralyzed and we live in intimidation toward whatever that is. And so many of us as well, I find in a lot of people's lives, as I counsel people, I know in my own life, there's this feeling inside of us that says that if I'll ignore it, it'll go away. I mean, there's a mountain in my teenager's life. There's a mountain in my marriage. There's a mountain in my personal life. If I'll just ignore it, I'll wake up one day and it's gone. The sad thing is, it usually just gets bigger. As you ignore it, it just gets bigger. So the, the starting place that Jesus gets to with these disciples is, let's look at this differently, guys. Let's talk about some principles. Let's look at some things that work because your natural mindset toward that mountain is not how I move mountains. I move them differently than your natural intuition. But I will say this about all of us in general, we see a mountain in our life many times. We see our ability to see it move in a lot less scenario. We, we start off way below Jesus's ability. Like I know a lot of people, if you preach that, you know, that you can move any mountain and all that, you preach that, then people are going to get overconfident. And that, No, no. 
Look, most people, here's where they start. I can't. I can't. I was counseling a friend of mine's teenager the other day. I'm passionate about young people reaching their purpose and destiny. I had dinner with him and I sat down with him and he and I was talking, we were talking about his future. And so I began to talk to him about what God was calling him to and what do you feel called to and what do you, and there was a whole lot of, but I can't this and I can't that and it won't this and that won't work out and I can't. And he was paralyzed by all the can'ts. It's not possible. That was his starting place. Can I encourage you with something? God is a whole lot bigger than you give him credit for being. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly many times above what you ask or think. And so I spent my whole time with him going, let's just talk about what God can do. Let's talk about your partnership with God. Let's talk about the picture of your life that God has for you. Many people settle for far less of just getting by instead of believing for God to do the impossible. Here's the second thing that we need to understand because this is really where the battle is won. It requires faith to move mountains. That's the context of the passage. It requires faith. So many of you, you hear that, faith, okay? And I'm being simplistic for a reason because I want you to know how to address that mountain in your life. It requires faith. Some of you are like, faith, what is that? Because the common vernacular would be like I'm of the faith. So you think it's like I'm of the faith, like you've joined a religion. Many, 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 many people in our culture today think that faith is knowledge of information. Like I know so much about the subject, but knowing a lot about the subject doesn't mean you know how to address mountains. Because there's a participation, you see. For so many people, when you hear the word faith, you think I'm preaching about hype. You know, let's just come to church and you just get hyped up. You know, let's just get hyped up. You know, it's just like what I need is a more positive outlook. By the way, positive people are a lot more fun to be around than negative people. So even if you're faking it, we like positive. However, I'm not just talking about some false kind of hype. See, I got cheerleaders in my house. I have three girls. I have one football player, three cheerleaders. What's God doing to me? My oldest daughter was a cheerleader, so I go to the game for the cheerleaders. Now I have a junior high cheerleader, so I go to the game. She has to cheer both seventh grade game and eighth grade game. Luckily, there's a, you know, kids in the church where I can kind of see them, but I'm, you know, I'm there primarily to watch the cheerleaders. So I come, and I, but, but see, now I'm trained because I've had a cheerleader. I know how to get in with the cheerleaders, and my daughter starts getting embarrassed because I just get over there by the cheerleaders, and I say, I do moves because <laughs> I'm amazed by a cheerleader who doesn't even know any of the rules of football. They have no idea we're losing by 50 points, and at the end of every cheer, they go, I'm just amazed. They all develop their own unique way of <laughs> cheerleader hands. Football players come off. They're like, yeah, you're doing good. They're like, don't talk to us. We're getting killed. So when you come to church and there's a pastor going, you need to understand faith. You need to understand an atmosphere. You think I'm talking about cheerleader hands. Like not really addressing the mountain. 
No, no, I'm talking about substance. I'm talking about substance. You say, what is faith? Well, here's a great passage to show us what it is because you're like, if I need it, then I need to know actually what it is. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things you can't see in the natural. It's the ability to see from God's perspective, but the conviction and confidence that he's big enough to deal with that mountain. That's what it is. And so it takes faith to accept Christ. He gives us the grace to believe in a God we cannot see who manifests himself through the person Jesus Christ. He gives us by his grace the faith to say, I believe in you, Jesus. I make you my Jesus, like the girl there said. It takes faith to take a step of obedience to be water baptized. But just it doesn't stop there. It takes faith to take every other step in Jesus that doesn't make sense in your natural mind because there's a conviction of these things, you see. You say, okay, that's what it is. How do we get it? Where does it come from? The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, and over the next few weeks, we're gonna talk about this together. We're gonna dig in this. The next couple weeks, I'm gonna try to help equip you in how to do this. Faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So faith comes to us as we get that seed of the word of God in our everyday. And so you're trying to tackle that mountain, you know, with trying to manipulate your boss. You're trying to move it over here. You're trying to make this happen. You're trying to set up some scenario with, you know, your child so that they could have the perfect type deal. No, 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 no. What you need is the seed of the word of Christ. That's what you need in your life because that's where the faith comes from is being confident in God's ability. It's when your confidence is in God's ability, not your ability. So it requires faith. And practically, we need to look at a few other things here. A couple other ones. Here's the next one. Talking to you about how this happens. Number three, it grows as you develop it. Remember, Jesus said here, it's a small, small seed. But see, a seed, if it's watered, if it's tended to, if it has the right atmosphere, if it has the right environment, what happens, it, it starts to grow. It starts to develop. So every time you simply look at your mountain, you're scared, you're afraid, it doesn't make sense, and you take a simple act of obedience that's in accordance with the word of Christ, you are growing in your faith every single time. I'm not saying we obey Christ to get anything from him, to force him, to manipulate him, but I will tell you what does happen. Every time, every time you do, it starts growing in you. It starts developing in you along the way. And I want to encourage some of you right now that your mountain, you're like, Jeff, you're talking about this in such simplistic terms. You don't understand. I have such a big mountain. I have such a large mountain. Let's talk about a principle here for just a second. Remember, the small conquers the big. The small, that is contrary to our Texas way of thinking, to our American way of thinking. No, I need the big dynamite explosion to flatten the mountain. No, the small conquers the big. I love passages like, he who is faithful, notice the word faith, with a little is given much. Zechariah 4.10, I love it. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. 
Small beginnings. I was telling a guy the story of our church. He's like, man, that's crazy. Just moved here, started a church, didn't know anybody. It's like, yeah, I stood in the middle of the road in Bercy Road before our opening weekend at Indian Springs Middle School and passed out flyers and people yelled expletives at me and they thought I was a nut. I don't know if it was that effective, but it was a small seed of me saying to God, I'm here on your agenda. It was a small seed. And you know what the end of that verse is? that the Lord rejoices when the work begins. We like when the work ends. God likes when the work begins. So you got this big old mountain. Look, quit getting overwhelmed with the big mountain. There's a story in the Bible where Elijah, he's praying for rain. It's a big showdown. And I love where it's quoted in James. In fact, the cloud the size of a man's hand comes and starts it. Let me encourage some of you. You're talking about, I want breakthrough to get to the other side. There's power in a small breakthrough. There's power in a small breakthrough. Quit worrying about the end result and take the step you need to take today to grow in that mustard seed level of confidence in God's ability. Here's number four. So contrary to our culture here, it's a spiritual battle. Everything about what Jesus says in this passage is, look guys, why? Privately, we don't know what we're doing. He starts going, wait a minute, you're addressing it in the natural. Let me tell you about some spiritual principles. I was talking with a guy this week, leads one of our men's small groups. I said, how's it going? I asked him what they were doing. He said, well, we're just, we talk about some principles, but we take a verse. And he actually said, we're using this verse this week that I'm about to give to you. I said, why are you using that verse? Why are you talking about those things with your group? Why are y'all spending so much time on that? He said, Pastor, I can't seem to get these guys to understand that there is a connection between their frustrations at work and their spiritual life. I can't get them to marry the two. I can't get them to see that we're not turning everything into a spiritual issue, but the overarching principle of That if you could understand how confidence in God's ability can affect you, then you can go into those situations with spiritual power, with spiritual confidence. He's like, I'm just trying. I I, I mean, our cerebral information-oriented society, our non-participatory religious type Christianity that says, okay, I'm watching. Yeah, I go. Yeah, okay. Where are we going to eat lunch? That doesn't help you with the problem with the teenager. That doesn't help you with the problem at work. You've got to marry the spiritual power to that problem and situation. Here's one of my favorite verses. My mom, the intercessory prayer warrior, she ingrained this in me. Look at it. For though we live in the world, we we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. There's another metaphor, a fortress like a mountain. Divine power. Have you begun to incorporate the principles of God, the heart of God, the ability of God into your everyday to see divine power? Divine power. That's what he wants you to do. And here's the thing. All of us face them. All of us have them, including the one speaking to you. Every one of us, we grow from faith to faith, glory to glory, one step at a time, growing that mustard seed, one step at a time, facing that mountain. 
We walk through life that way, every single one of us along the way. And here's what's encouraging. It's available to all of us. It's available to all of us and all of us can grow in it. Every one of us, everyone, nobody. This is not just for special people. We can all do it. I'm going to close our service by giving you an opportunity to bring divine power to the mountain you brought to church with you this weekend or that you have on the other side of that camera. We're going to close just with a moment. I'm going to ask you, unless you have an emergency, not to leave, but to participate, you know? But if you don't have any problems, then that's fine. You can leave. But if you got any problems, come on now. If you got any challenges, then that's what we come to church for. We come to church to connect with a God who is all-powerful, who is all-knowing, who sent his son Jesus to give us a passage like this that says, look, do it my way and it'll move. Do it my way and it will move. I understand it's intimidating. I'm trying to make it as simple as possible and I'm going to get very practical the next couple of weeks. But you know, faith is also a gift. I want, I didn't just have this gift that I'm sharing with you because it just fell out of the sky. It's something being developed in my life and has been developed for many years. It can be intimidating. Go, okay, wait a minute. Now I'm going to get in this. I mean, I'd just rather just say, God, you got it. No, 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 you're going you're gonna to get in it with Jesus. It's like when I go to the gym, there's different dumbbells. There's blue and pink, purple dumbbells, Barbie dumbbells for aerobics. Come on, y'all with me? I started with those, but anyway, I'm trying to move past them. But then there's this rack of dumbbells. And it's just like, wow, I mean, where would I start, you know? I mean, if I just pick up one of these big, if you've never lifted any weights, you can't just go over there and pick up some big old powerful. You, you just don't do it. At the gym that I work out, there's now this, this new CrossFit thing, you know, this crazy, you know, kind of, I'm just over here with the 40-something-year-old men, you know, on the, on the, you know, things with cables. I'm not qualified for that. We got some of our youth guys do that. They, they throw weights, they do all these things, and now they just got a sled. The guys in my gym, they just got a sled. I'm like, where are you going to use that? We're going to hook weights up to it. We're going to drag it around, you know, and they throw weights down. I'm pow! Every now and then I look at them over there and I think, I want to do that. I, I, you know, I get one of those belts, you know what I'm saying? I mean, just, just pick one and boom, throw it down, you know? Everybody in the gym be like, wow, he picked that up. I, I don't think it's possible even with mustard seed faith, okay? It ain't happening probably. But you know, I mean, just the same as that is, thing, I won't go in there and start throwing weights around. Can I, can I share with you my heart? It makes me mad at the devil for you to think you can't even lift the Barbie dumb weight. You can't even pick the Barbie bell. You can't pick up, you can grow in your ability to walk out your life and the enemy's strategy can be defeated. But you have to participate. I'm gonna ask you to stand on your feet and I'm gonna pray for you right now. And I'm gonna pray for this series. And I'm gonna pray that the enemy's desire to make you fearful, intimidated, that you wouldn't listen to that, but you would listen to the voice of God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, the first step is the step to, by grace, receive Jesus and that starts faith in your life. Father, I thank you, Lord, right now for any person who doesn't know you, who they don't know you as their personal Jesus. If you're here and you've not received Jesus, if you haven't said, okay, here I am, Jesus, I confess you as Lord and Savior. I commit myself 
to you, then you pray that prayer, make it your words. Jesus, here I am. I give myself to you. I believe you died for me, rose from the dead, and he'll come to live on the inside of you as that mustard seed that'll begin to grow. There's some of you say, Pastor, I know Jesus, but I need to know how to lift some weight. I need to know how to deal with the mountain. Lord, I'm praying right here in these last moments, even as we worship, that you would help them see their mountain different. You would help them begin to have confidence, not in them or even what they see in their natural eyes, but they begin to have confidence in your ability and you begin the process of growing their faith in you, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Milestone Church. We hope it's been an encouragement for you today. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast or discover who we are by visiting our website at milestonechurch.com. 